0: glad you could make it. Here's what's coming up next on this episode of Between Two Cold. Hey kidding, kidding mean the teachers didn't change what they were teaching. Everything stayed the same. Your kid was in their bedroom with the TV on. And you didn't give a shit. hey thanks for joining me all right damn it my hand was forced we're going to talk about covid today i'm not a big fan of trying to do this on the podcast because i like to use statistics i like to try to find statistics that are real and use them and i'm sure i'm not 100 accurate i don't know if anybody is but i do my best whether i like the answer or not i do my best but COVID's a difficult one. There are too many statistics out there and also not enough at the same time. You know, for for every study that I can find that says ivermectin works, I can find 35 that says it doesn't. And this is very consistent across the board. I can find statistics on vaccine injuries that are out of control. I can find statistics on vaccine injuries that are minuscule and nothing. And so this is a really tough one. So I'm going to take this from a completely different approach. I'm going to try to be logical and rational here and not concentrate very much on statistics. At least to the best of my ability, but we'll still have to use some. I think that's inevitable. But the reason that I feel that my hand was forced is something happened a day or so ago on Twitter. And it really created a wave of anger, resentment. And then after that, another wave of false t- false statistics came through. I'm just going to call it stats from now on. I obviously can't process that word through. And so I felt like some truth had to be thrown in here. I I feel like we have to be more reasonable here because we're not. We've just chosen sides. We chose sides a long time ago. We made this thing political. We made a virus political. And so what happened on Twitter was is that uh, Joe Rogan had RFK on his podcast. And Dr. Peter Hotez, who helped create a COVID vaccine and then gave away the formula for it, to other countries for free, had some issues with what was being said. He also had some issues on his perception of which way they were leaning politically when they were talking about these things, and Joe Rogan took it personally, which is fine. I mean, he's supposed to be the mediator here, but I understand why he took it personally. Everybody has their positives and negatives, their ups and downs. So I don't want this to be a negative thing on on any of the three people involved in this situation. And so he invited Hotez to come on the show and debate RFK. RFK was all for it as well. Hotez wanted nothing to do with it. Hotez isn't that type of person, and I'm not making excuses for him. But from my observation, he's very refined. He's a little awkward. He's not the best of public speakers, although he tries as hard as he can. And he's definitely no debater, where RFK is a lifetime debater. That's what he did as a lawyer, that's what he does as a politician. And so to be in a position where you're likely going to have a two-on-one debate isn't favorable. And so at that point, Joe Rogan offered him $100,000 to his favorite charity to come on and debate RFK, and Hotez said no. And that number got up to about $1.35 million dollars. The last time I checked through other donation possibilities and Hotez still said no. And then the online hatred began and what appeared to be the possibly the largest by the numbers, online harassment, targeted online harassment campaign that we've ever seen in history took place against Hotez. People were coming to his front door, harassing him death threats on his DM, so forth and so on, right? You know the whole deal of online harassment. I'm sure everybody's gone through it at one point or another or know somebody who has. It's, it's pretty common now. And this is of no fault of Joe Rogan's. This is of no fault of RFKs. These are just people who chose a side and, and started piling on top, right? And it happens. It's not the end of the world. Nobody's going to die because of this. But it really kind of got everybody's blood boiling and it started that separation process again of anti vaxxers, anti maskers, anti believers against the believers of science. And now the believers of science are also just as ignorant in a lot of situations. I think that we, we use the word science as a positive thing. And it, it, the science isn't always right, science consistently evolves and changes. Science told me that cigarettes were good back in the 20s and 30s and 40s, right? And now cigarettes are probably, you know, the biggest killer of human beings on earth at this point. So science changes. And so just to stick with one's part of science and not accept its, its evolution is an ignorance thing to do as well. And you see a lot of that on the left I don't think nearly no one is innocent in this situation when it comes to misinformation and turning something political like this virus. It's happened on both sides. I feel one side is much more annoying than the other side, but it's still happening on both sides. And so I thought maybe today would be a good idea to talk about COVID, talk about it from a rational aspect, not looking at it politically, but identifying when it, in fact, does become political and trying to get some basic truths going for everybody because there are some truths that just may not necessarily be universally accepted but they are absolute truths and it doesn't look like they're truths that are going to change so let's talk about the story of covid once upon a time there was a virus that attacked every organ in your body it took advantage of your weaknesses, and if it couldn't find any, it'll try and create them themselves. And thus we learned about COVID. COVID hit China near a wet market and a bio lab, and we'll get more into that sometime around November or October of 2019. Is our best guess. I actually had a family friend in China who called in late September, mid September to tell me that one of their family members had passed away and two more of them have got had, had been hospitalized from a flu. And they were warning me of, of a bad flu that was coming this year. And we had just come off of a horrible flu season. You know, I believe one of the top 10 worst flu seasons since we started recording this. And that one affected my family greatly. And being the husband of a teacher, I get the flu a lot. She's always bringing it home. My kids are always bringing it home. It's nearly impossible for me to avoid. And so I started, started taking steps a half a dozen years ago to try to protect us a little bit better. And, and knock on wood, it has worked pretty well. And so we took precautions. We pulled the kids out of jujitsu. Both of my kids are just amazing jiu-jitsu practitioners. And uh, we took them out for the winter. Figured we would bring them back into February or March after the flu had gone away. But it turns out it wasn't a flu. And maybe theirs was a flu. Maybe this was just coincidence. But I'm just giving you a a personal story. But it was officially announced December 31st by the WHO, the World Health Organization. And as far as we can tell, it hit the United States sometime around the third week of January. Washington state is, is, it was the first reported case on January 20th. And at that same time, it was spreading through the EU. I believe France had its first case on that same date as well, and the rest of the world. Now, the first case in my state happened, believe it or not, kind of revolving around my wife's classroom. She had a student who had just gotten back from a cruise to Mexico, or down the Mexico coast and back. And apparently the grandfather contracted COVID, and he was the first known case in my state. And so the family told the school, I believe, they could have possibly told the government, the CDC, and the CDC relayed that information to the school. So don't quote me on that. But regardless, everybody was notified that there was an issue. And so they shut down the school, started the contract, contract tracing, And it turns out that the student that was in my wife's class was never positive, but their grandfather was, and I believe another couple of their relatives got it as well down the road. And they never reopened that school for another year and a half. That was a trigger that started most of the schools closing down in the United States. And so everything went online. Your brick and mortars were closed in most all cases. And the world shut down. But not really. We like to call them lockdowns. But most everybody was working. We're going to find out a little bit later that the majority of the people didn't even get their hours cut whatsoever. And everybody was introduced to our hero or villain or whatever. Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci has some goods and bads. When observing Fauci, I have a hard time telling if he's a good guy or a bad guy. But he's made some really bad claims. We've found that he's lied about many things throughout the process. And he was really more of a tool for the administrations that he was working for than he was an independent doctor trying to give us the best advice. But with all that said, he still gave us good advice time to time. The problem was is that so many ha- people had figured him out. To be a liar in certain situations... Or at least be wrong. Maybe it wasn't intentional. That they lost faith in him. They lost faith in him very quickly. (sighs) Poor Fauci. And then prejudice began. Which is kind of a weird thing that we hadn't really seen a lot of since World War II. Where there's this prejudice against Asians. Whether you were at Costco and people said something under their breath. Or told you to stay away from them. Like what happened with my mother-in-law, who is of Korean descent. There was the rise of hate and fear of Asians. People stopped going to Asian food takeout places because they were so worried. Those were some of the first restaurants to actually close down, were all the Asian places. Which really made no sense. But, you know... Humans, humans are getting human, and that's what we do. And then everybody freaked out. Everybody freaked out and started stocking up. Toilet paper was nowhere to be found. Hand sanitizer was nowhere to be found. And then we'd see the cases of the hoarders with garages filled with them, right? Non-perishables were becoming hard to find. Everybody was buying up guns. People were standing around the corner buying up guns they were getting ready for fucking war and i'm not going to be i'm not going to be so ignorant as to say well you can't shoot a virus i understand why they were buying guns it was the it was out of fear of things becoming short and then people doing what they needed to do to get the supplies they needed i understand why they did it it's still amazing that it happened though isn't it All the schools went online. Children suffered. Anything that sold food, guns, medicine, gas, provided any service was absolutely open the entire time. Most restaurants stayed open. They just didn't allow dine-in. Now, athletic-related services like gyms, they went down. Salons went down. Nobody was getting their hair cut anymore. Nobody was working out in a gym. And gym owners really got the brunt end of this. the jiu Jitsu studios, the karate studios the the training centers, the you know the local gyms, like those guys really got hit hard. They lost everything very quickly, and we see how gyms work, right? Like they come in and out all the time. all the time they're going down so so they they already work on very thin margins. They need as much business as they can possibly get. And when they don't get that business, then that's that's pretty much that. And a lot of the single unit salon places were done. No, Nobody could go in anymore. Nobody was getting their hair cut. Nobody was getting their nails done. Many of the luxury things went down. Now, about 23 million people of approximately 160 million workers, or about 14% of jobs were either lost or had their hours cut during this time. Most people just worked at home. Many people still work at home. But sporting events were canceled, or at least delayed until they could figure out a proper process to go through to get it done. And it started becoming noticeable that people were dying well after the infection from stroke, and they were left immobile from blood clots. And so the race for the vaccine began. And I want to make sure that people understand what I just said there it started becoming noticeable that people were dying well after infection from stroke and being left immobile from blood clotting issues before the vaccine even came out. So what I'm trying to say here is anybody who's saying, oh, they're just dying suddenly, they're fucking dying suddenly, it's the clot shot. It's absolutely untrue. We were already aware that this was happening before the vaccine came out. Now, with that said, and I'll say it again later, I'm sure, is that generally vaccines have the same side effects that the viruses do in a lot of cases, just at a much less frequency and a much minor feel. So when you have COVID, you may have a headache for five days. You get the vaccine, you may have the headache for a day. Okay, a lot of the time it mimics what what you would actually be getting in some cases, and not with all vaccines, but it seems to work that way with the flu vaccine, seems to work that way with the COVID vaccine. And so there is a possibility that somebody may have gotten the vaccine, the vaccination, and had a stroke later. But we already knew that this was happening at a much frequent at a, at a much more frequent rate than, when, than we were ever aware it could have before we even started with the vaccine. So we'll be able to prove down the line that although maybe one, and this is not a real number, but one in a million who take the vaccine ends up having a stroke, where one in 10,000 that end up getting COVID ends up having a stroke. It's going to be that kind of differential in the end, where it may happen, but it happens in a much less frequent way. And we see that all the way down the line. So anyway, the race for the vaccine began and so did the first stimulus package. Woo! Woo! First stimulus package came out March 2020. About during the time New York was getting absolutely hammered. They lost thirty-two thousand people to COVID within just a couple of months. But regardless of that, people still went nuts with that stimulus. Twelve hundred bucks plus another five hundred per children. Most people used it in checks to to invest with. They didn't pay off their debts because credit card debt was still rising. After we got got the fucking stimulus checks. So what did we do with it? Oh, well, the housing market went nuts, didn't it? And housing supplies were being cleaned off the shelf and inflating in price so quickly, the price of wood just skyrocketed. Just skyrocketed. People were thinking about investing in it. It was skyrocketing so hard. Gun sales were going through the roof. Crypto went mainstream. It ended up becoming a $2 trillion business. It's definitely nowhere close to that now, but at the peak, it was high. It was very, very high. And NFTs became a thing. How did that? We got so bored. We got so bored that we're like, let's just make this shit up. And they've since just completely buckled under the table now. Sports memorabilia hit a new high. I mean, unprecedented highs. There were sports cards that were selling for $100,000 that during the peak of the pandemic when everybody was getting their stimulus checks ended up selling for over a million. And cars were being bought at extraordinarily impressive rates. People stopped using cash. Coins were almost impossible to find. Credit card debt was still rising. But then something somewhat unique happened and George Floyd was killed May 25th, 2020. And that's when the movements happened. The protests and the riots began. And let's be fair, they were mostly just people walking down the street. But there were some things that were burnt down. There were some cities that needed quite a bit of repair. And the weirdest thing for me during these protests, besides people just doing them for one specific action of, of something that really doesn't happen very often at all is that nurses were coming out while they were fighting coronavirus and high-fiving people good job we believe in what you're doing which is fine it's your belief that's your choice but the problem here is that you're you're, you're not making yourself look very legitimate as a health organization. When we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you're applauding people who are shoulder to shoulder, face to face with one another, breathing hard as they walk down the streets and chant, spreading disease everywhere. What are you thinking? And this was a big problem for the nurses, and then all the TikToks that came out. And I understand stress relief, I get it, but you have to understand it's a look. It's a look. It's just like John Morant. John Morant at no time broke any laws. But the look he gave really made the NBA think twice. Because the impression that he can give on the organization that he represents, that organization had to do something about it because they felt that that behavior was was not good for the message that they're trying to send. And it's the exact same situation with these nurses. A lot of you worked so hard, but if a very small amount of you fucked off and did some stupid things on TikTok, which really kind of delegitimized everything for you in a lot of situations. And there became the first little break that we had, where people were really like, Man, I don't know about all this. I don't know if I like any of this. And, and, and then people started having questions. Then we started becoming more populated with anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. And people yelling about lockdowns that didn't really even happen. Or it happened in a very small time frame that it shouldn't have really been too bothersome to them. And then right on cue, fucking three weeks later, the first big wave kind of hit around the middle of the end of June, and peaked in mid-July. And that was absolutely due to the protesters. There were millions of people on the street, right next to one another. Their excuse was, well, we all had masks on. Yeah, you all had surgical masks on. Those don't do shit. And we can prove those don't do shit. At least not for this particular situation of preventing disease. Now, I'm not saying all masks don't work, because that would be a lie. There are lots of really good masks out there that do really, really well. But, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, and the right-wingers actually did show you that all you have to do is take a hit of a cigarette, put on that surgical mask, and blow out, and it shows you exactly what happens in that particular situation with viruses spreading. Surgical masks didn't do shit. Your bandanas didn't do shit. Your neck gaiters didn't do shit. None of that did hardly any good at all some of it actually did more harm than good especially those neck gaiters we're actually getting them wet and now with all those moisture beads the virus has something to stick to and move through so yeah there were a lot of mistakes made with masks but we'll move on we'll we'll hit masks a little bit later so as the wave was subsiding the lockdowns ended in late august Within about six months at the beginning, in most states, some dropped a little bit earlier, California hung on for quite a while, Nevada hung on for quite a while, surprisingly, as well. But once the lockdown ended, this likely created our second wave, which happened about six weeks later, took off mid-October of 2020. In the peak of this second wave, the vaccine finally came out, and the nurse was first to get it in mid-December 20 of 2020, I believe. And we learned about ivermectin and hydrolox chloroquine. I totally butchered that right there, but that's all right. And the public started getting vaccinated. The waves subsided. COVID numbers were at an all-time low since the start of it all. The vax was actually working. At one point, the vax was actually working. And anybody who tells you the vax doesn't work or didn't work, It's full of shit. And anybody who tells you the vax is great is also full of shit. Okay, let's let's be fair here. The vaccination was working exactly how it was supposed to when it came out. And we have proof through numbers of that because everybody was eyeing that situation both sides of the coin. And we saw that at one point only 2% of people who were vaccinated were dying. It was an outrageous percent. Outrageous percent. It was stopping transmission. It was doing what it was intended to do. The unvaxxed were the ones who were mostly dying. But that didn't stay like that very long at all. And the end of December 2020, the stimulus arrived. Got another 600 plus 600 for your kids. But before that, before that, there was an election. And on January 20th, 2021, Biden took office. And all of a sudden, the fucking parties switched positions on the vax, and their thoughts on COVID. And not many people bring that part up. Everybody likes to forget about it, and I don't know why. But there was a switch there. And you see, Democrats were refusing or threatening not to take take the vaccination because Trump was fucking involved in it. And they felt that it was being rushed. But oh boy, when Biden took over, well, we see how passionate the Dems are in, in the complete other direction now. While Republicans were actively applauding the fast effort, blasted the Dems for being so goddamn political, And now we see how passionate the GOP is in their current stance today. But regardless of all that, the vax came out. The checks started rolling. PPP loans were being grabbed up. Money was being stolen. Money was being lost. Money wasn't being tracked. That whole thing was just rife with fraud and corruption. And then March 2021 came. And we finally, get, we got our final stimulus package at that point. Until another wave hit in July of 2021. July. July was strange because it's midsummer. This was different. This one was big. You could feel this one. This one was Delta. That was the big killer. And the vaccine effectiveness began to diminish quickly. We found that asymptomatic COVID is a thing, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Media was being misinformed, and the CDC and WHO were lying, and we started picking up on this. And the hatred for the unvaxxed grew, and the anti-vaxxers were starting to kick back and ask questions at this point. And it started becoming truly unruly again. We had vaccinated people wishing death upon unvaccinated people. We had unvaccinated people sticking to the fact that they believed that the vax was no good and it was against their religion, which it absolutely wasn't. About 96% of all the religions in the world, or the religious in the world, rather, it's not against their religion. Nowhere, and nowhere do their books of privacy Or belief, does it say anything even close to that? And then we saw that notable people started dying and getting injured, being nowhere to be found. And we were worried, what about the children? My child's getting dumb because they're still being taught the same thing, but I'm not interacting with them and making sure that they're not on their iPads when they're supposed to be at school. And that's what that that's how that whole thing went down. Blame the goddamn teachers for that? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The teachers didn't change what they were teaching. Everything stayed the same. Your kid was in their bedroom with the TV on and you didn't give a shit. You didn't give a shit cuz you were working at your table in your fucking pajamas eating red hot flaming cheetos. That's what happened there. We all, as parents, we all have to take responsibility for that. We allowed our children to be distracted because they were working at home. The game plan didn't change. For God's sakes, most of the curriculum got way, way, way easier. Our kids did so bad that a lot of schools were like, we're just not going to count that. We're just going to pretend the school year ended when we fucking closed the brick and mortar schools. Because you guys did so terribly. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. But here we are. Everybody's blaming everybody else. But ultimately, the parents failed. The children failed as well. But they're children. So you really do kind of got to point the finger at the parents here. Anyway. (laughs) Delta to date has been the most effective killer of all the coronaviruses that we've seen, compared to the other dominant strains or variants. There may have been bigger killers out there, but they never became dominant at any point. Mask mandates went right back up, but the masks didn't. We saw a big revolt when it came to the masks. We saw big revolts all over the nation in little small pockets restaurants were closing just after they had been allowed to open back up again because we forgot how to act in public we forgot how to be polite we forgot how to be patient we forgot how to be humble and we just went in there (laughs) we just went in there like oh my god like we were cave people again we were so unruly that restaurants were like Oh my God, I might not have to shut down my business. Now I get to open back up. And then they needed the money so bad. But yet they still closed down in a lot of cases because we were being insane animals. Good God. And at that point, most people had chosen a side and they never looked back for the truth. They just ran with the narrative. And that's why we're in the position that we're in now. That's why we're in the Joe Rogan, Hotez, and and RFK Jr. position we're in now. And Asian hate crimes were still reaching highs we haven't seen since the Second World War. Crimes started rising. Gun deaths went off the rail. Now, to be fair, gun deaths have been going up since 2014, but they really took a sharp turn upwards. Anti-vaxxers started coming out of the woodwork. Coming out of the woodwork. All we had to worry about before were Jenny McCarthy and, and 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 Jim Carrey. And now we got anti-vaxxers coming out of the woodwork. Who honestly, look, they're wrong about 93% of what they have to say. Like every clock is right twice a day, right? And that's how you really have to feel about a lot of things that both sides say. Particularly with their pundits. But ultimately the anti-vaxxers just came out and destroyed this whole game based off like almost all lies. it was it's was, it was really crazy how so many people bought into it. Now the one thing they weren't lying about was the effectiveness of the of the vaccine. it was dropping it was it was absolutely dropping. Now they were claiming the vaccine doesn't work, but that wasn't the case the The best way to put it, to be probably the most honest, would be the vaccine is slowly not working as well anymore. And we're worried it's just going to eventually stop working. And then there's absolutely no reward for the risk. But that doesn't make headlines, right? That doesn't shock people. And Delta parlayed into Omicron during the winter of 2021. And Omicron had an RO of around 13 compared to the flu, which is roughly at one and a half. Now, an RO is, is based off of three, maybe four things. But ultimately, what an RO is, is, is medical jargon for saying that for every person that gets infected, they expose another 13 people. That's measles numbers. That's insanity. That's crazy compared to the flu. Where you're looking at one to one and a half to two. Somewhere in that area, depending on the year and the type of flu and everything else. And so this thing was going to explode. And that's when Biden's like, you're going to have to deal with a winter of sickness if you do not get vaccinated. Anybody have somebody I could smell real quick? Look, what he did is he tried a scare tactic and most people were so tired of Biden at this point and absolutely have no fear of him as a as a person he's not a very authoritative authority that there was a lot of kickback to that and people took that shit personally and on top of that they were they were starting to become more right than they were wrong when it came to the vaccine effectiveness and there was a winner of death And there was a winter of sickness that we have not seen, at least any of us personally. The numbers for Omicron were scary. Hundreds of thousands of people a day in America were getting sick. It was running through the land. It was absolutely running through the land. And everybody was unprepared. They were running out traveling, running around like it was the summer of 2019. Unmasked with a vaccine no longer protected illness. And next, no protection from hospitalization. And it hit the majority of people of the nation. And by the end, over a million American lives have been taken from COVID since the beginning. And then the government just straight up gave up. Because it didn't test good. COVID didn't test good. With our numbers, with our polling numbers. So, fuck it. And they just left us all out to dry. They chose economy over humanity. And they will do so again if given the opportunity. Tested, testing winded down. Numbers became obscured. Many states stopped their consistent reporting. And just six weeks after the Omicron wave a new combination of waves butted up against each other in mid to March 2022 and is now just subsiding. And it was larger as far as sickness is concerned than Delta was. And scientists were getting very worried that our troughs in the sickness were actually maintained at a much higher level. And it showed off really bad when you would look at graphs and charts. Now, luckily, those scientists were proven wrong. It has subsided quite substantially now. We're almost to all-time lows again, which is wonderful. And now there is something coming in from COVID on the East Coast, as well as it kind of looks like in the Montana-ish area, out in the Pacific Northwest. And we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Right. We're not going to do any prediction. We're going to be cautious. We're going to play smart. But there's no reason to predict something that they can't possibly pre- be predicted. We can only take educated guesses, and I don't think it's worth it. So just know that even though we're at lows right now, which is awesome, and I hope we stay there the entire time, it's not likely. It's, it's much more likely that another wave will come, and another wave will come, and another wave will come. So we just stay cautious. We stay rational. We stay reasonable. But we don't want to get sick. Not from this. This is a little different. This really can fuck you up. And every time that you get it, you're taking a greater risk of getting fucked up by it. This is not your common cold. This is nowhere even close to your common flu. And a flu will fuck you up really good. So we just stay reasonable. Now, look. We've spent 5 to $6 trillion on COVID in COVID bills and stimuluses, which is roughly about 20% of our debt at the time. And COVID ended up hospitalizing 5 million people in the United States. It's killed just about 1.2 million in the U.S. and nearly 7 million globally. And now long COVID has come into play which has disabled millions of people around the nation. And now we're noticing people dropping dead from stroke and other medical issues at very great rates. And that's where the anti-vaxxers come back in again and say, it's from the clot shot. No, it's likely not whatsoever. This is one of the statistics that we actually see over and over again because, again, people were paying such close attention to it in science is that most of this is happening because of COVID. Like the vast majority, like 99% of it. And COVID ended up costing $16 trillion worldwide in economic loss. So they're estimating. You never know. It could be more, it could be less. And the average person in the U.S. has now had COVID more than once. And ladies and gentlemen, COVID is not over. And so now we're here. Now we're finally to today. And what have we learned? Huh? obviously not that fucking much. (laughs) At least not as individuals, right? Because we keep getting it and we keep spreading it. Um, But what about maybe some other aspects, huh? Where did it come from? Okay. That's a fair question. I don't know how important it is, but it is a fair question. Likely a natural sample infected a lab member is my guess who then ended up spreading it in the lab and the wet market that he went and ate at often. There were three patient zeros named, and they all worked at the lab, according to some government officials and government watchdogs. But look, let's be totally honest, it's yet to be confirmed to a satisfactory degree. There's been articles published, that have shown the breakdown of the original strain and the breakdown of the strain in the lab, they they didn't mix perfectly. They didn't match perfectly. But it sure seems like from the information that we know besides that, that everything came from the lab itself. So my guess is it was a natural strain that he was messing with He infected himself somehow and he ended up passing it along to other people. It's not a bioweapon. It was never a bioweapon. Bioweapons don't work like that. What good would it be to have a bioweapon that infects your people too? Well, China closed down. Yeah, well, China opened up as well, didn't it? So it's not that. When you think of bioweapon, I want you to think of anthrax. I want you to think of sarin gas. I want you to think of ricin. You're hitting either a direct target where it's not going to transmit back to your people or you're hitting an area where it's going to dissipate so your people do not get hurt as well. Nobody's making smallpox blankets here because smallpox blanket did not work. It didn't work for shit. They tried it. They're, 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 they were evil in the attempt to do so, but it didn't actually really spread smallpox. So this was never a bioweapon. So let's just get that out of the way right now. It was never intended to be like that. That's not what they were doing. They would have used something much, much better. Because China's not the youngest country in the world either. So the only people that would benefit from this whole situation would likely be Africa and next to nowhere else. Why would China want to do that? Why would China want to benefit another country? Right? So none of this makes sense as a bioweapon. It was never a bioweapon. It was never like the flu. We can prove all of this very, very easily time and time again. So how are the kids now? Well, the parents really fucked that on up. I mean, we're trying to force our kids in schools, to contract a virus no one, had, anybody really had any clue about. And the, most of the parents were all for it. They're like, get my kids back into school. I need them in now. Well, you need them in because money is more important to you than your child. That's the way that I heard the, the thing the whole time. Is that My money is worth more. I would live in a cardboard box if it kept my kids safe. I don't give a shit about the money. I care about their lives. Well, it's their money that makes their lives good. Well, then their lives won't be quite as good, but they'll be alive. They won't be sick. They won't have Alzheimer's at 28. They won't have a stroke at 16, playing football on a hot day. Parents really mess that up by trying to force their kids back in too early. money I don't know many fell back I understand that and some kids excelled my kids excelled they love online school we still keep them in just because they enjoy it so much but many fell back they didn't have the parent support they needed and I'll be honest just to play the other side here some of the teachers were ill-prepared and didn't do a great job at it but that wasn't really most of the case Most of the case was these kids just weren't ready to learn all by themselves without somebody there to help them, somebody there to keep them going and to make sure they were doing the right things. So I put it solely on the individual parenting, not necessarily the school or the teachers. People from all directions bombarded the board of education meetings with threats, unruly behavior, often met with unnecessary force. There are both sides, there are two sides to that story. And then we find out that kids become the biggest group of transmitters of COVID in the world. Approximately 70% of family COVID cases can now be linked back directly to the child getting it. Yet everyone blames the teachers in the union for trying to close the brick and mortar schools. It turns out they were right the whole goddamn time. But yet somehow the union is still trying to backtrack all this no we didn't say that well yes you did you absolutely said it but guess what you were right you were right if we would have held on and gone, to, and gone to gone to the different form of online learning we probably could have stopped a lot of the transmission of COVID because most all of it came from the schools well over half of it at this point so what about masks Talk about masks a little bit, huh? Do they work? Well, we already went through the ones that don't work, right? There are ones that work. There are respirators that work really well. There are brands of masks like the Flow Mask, who I do not get paid from, that work really well. N95s work really well. But there's also other problems with the mask. The people wearing them. How many people cut a hole in the mask to eat out of? How many people... Didn't include their nose in the mask. There are so many problems. How many people with big puffy beards were putting on masks where that shit just seeps right through all of it? The virus just seeps right through that. There's no tight fit. There's no airtight fit on your mask. The mask may still work a little bit, but it's not doing what it's meant to be doing. And so a lot of our mask problem is that we were telling people, yeah, just put on a mask. I mean, people were going into hospitals with good masks, like N95s, and, and, and the hospital was saying, no, you got to put on the surgical mask, the one that does nothing. It became a joke. It became a joke for both sides, which is really unfortunate because masks work. And we've seen that in, in quite a few Asian countries when it comes to pollution prevent- prevention as as well as virus prevention. But you got to be wearing the right ones. And so hopefully most of us learn that lesson. Masks are still very valuable, but you got to be smart about it. Well, no, you don't. You just have to be not stupid about it. Like have a tight seal on the mask. All the way around from your chin to especially the bridge of your nose. And around the top of your nose. Or the sides of your nose. Make sure your nose is included, is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, you have to use the proper ones. The ones that actually work, that are very scientific. I mean, a lot of it is based off of static principles. They do get caught up. I don't care what you say. Well, the holes are approximately this big, and the virus is approximately this big. It doesn't make any sense. There are many layers to this mask. There are many layers to this mask. It can't go through all those layers. It is made, it is tested to stop these things. It has been tested time and time again to stop these things. Stop saying masks don't work. The truth is is that most people don't know how to wear masks and they're wearing the incorrect ones. That's that's the whole thing about this. If you're wearing the incorrect mask, it doesn't even matter how you wear it. But when you're wearing a good mask, you better wear it properly. You got to understand your beard is in the way. You got to make sure you got a tight seal. They absolutely do work. There are way too many fucking studies showing that they work the right way when worn properly. It was just all bad info from the CDC and who? Along with bad actors telling you masks don't work. Well, when we look at South Dakota who didn't use masks against North Dakota that did use masks, yeah, they were all using fucking surgical masks. And they were all children. Of course it didn't matter. They were playing with those masks all the time. They were pulling them on and off. Teachers were consistently telling them to keep them on. It was a joke. They were too loose. They just didn't make any sense being taken off during lunchtime. It was all just so stupid you can't even... You. It's all so fucking stupid you can't compare the two. It didn't matter. It was just bad information from the CDC and the WHO mixed with bad actors trying to tell you something didn't work. Because most of us were just too stupid to even understand it. So we move on to immunity. Vax versus natural. Well, what is it? Well, look, herd immunity didn't work, did it? It didn't work for shit. Here's the deal with vaccine vaccine immunity and natural immunity. When the vaccine is effective against a particular variant, it's quite equal to natural immunity. They both approximately last about the same amount of time, which is under a year. And they both only work for the variant that they are being immune to. The one that they were originally attacked from or the one that you got a vaccine directed right at that variant. My point is is that if you get a vaccine for Delta, it's not really going to work very well for Omicron. And if you get sick from Delta, your immunity is not going to work very well from Omicron. They're both very similar. And I think a lot of people like to say one's better than the other. And possibly in certain situations, one may be better than the other. Although you're a complete idiot if you think you should go get sick so you don't get sick, right? This isn't a chicken pox party. All those people who went to COVID parties are the people you don't want to be around with in real life because they have no critical thinking skills whatsoever. You need to get away from those people in your life. Because getting sick so you don't get sick later is some crazy ass shit. Ultimately the vax immunity and natural immunity are really close when 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 they're working on the specific variant that they were created from. And that's that. That's that. They both last somewhere between six months to a year. They're not going to protect you from the next variant. And so vax, vax immunity as well as natural immunity are both really quite worthless because these waves come in too quickly from completely different variants every single time. So it doesn't really matter how immune you are. Yay, you got sick. You know, you probably won't get sick from that same variant for the next two months until a new one comes through. But you likely weren't going to if you had a directed vax for that particular variant either. I tried to tell everybody. Herd immunity doesn't work when you have a virus that mutates, but nobody wanted to fucking listen. What about social distancing? Does it work? Eh, yes and no. Social distancing is kind of stupid. I mean, look, it works if you're upwind outside, and, and it works if you're inside in really no way at all, right? Because we see that this that this virus can last in the air for at least an hour, if not quite a few. And so it doesn't really matter if you're upwind or downwind or anywhere because it spreads indoors if if there's no ventilation, if there's no good AC unit with a HEPA filter in it. So social distancing works for viral load more so than anything else. Like if you get sneezed on in the mouth, let's say, which is something that little kids do to parents a lot you're going to take a massive load usually a massive viral load and if you're six feet away from them you're probably not going to take a huge viral load and if you're 20 feet away from them you're probably going to take a very minuscule viral load the chances are the amount of viral load that you take in is going to also correspond to the amount of sickness Or how sick you end up getting in a lot of cases. Not always. Secondary things can attribute to that as well. Like if you have diabetes or if you have bad lungs or if you have bad heart or what have you. But for the most part, what we're looking at here is is it seems that the the bigger the viral load you take, the more sick that you can get. And with that being said, the closer you get, the bigger viral load you're going to take. But as a whole, does social distancing work? Not so much. It really doesn't. Um, But there are advantages to it for sure. So what about the vaccine? Did we rush the vaccine? Yeah, we did. Now, in a manner of speaking, we did. Look, this technology has been used for, for about three decades now. We use this type of method for Zika. And it seemed to work really well. Have we ever used it for COVID before? No, of course not. COVID's new. We did push this thing through when it came to COVID specific. It took less than a year to produce and test. That's pretty unusual. I'm, you know, just being honest. It really is. But we already, we already were familiar with the technology of it. So it wasn't that horrible. So did we have a choice? We wanted to rush something that we felt like we had a good handle on. And so we pushed through the tests a little bit quicker. We didn't get the authorization. We obviously didn't have time to see what type of possible long-term side effects there were. But luckily, it seems like overall, we're not in a bad position. There's no reason for anybody to freak out over any of this. Did the VAX ever work? Yes, as I said, as advertised, it worked. Does it still work? No, not really much at all. Definitely doesn't stop transmission. Definitely gets, you know, you're still going to get sick from it, from getting the virus, even if you are vaxxed, just as much as if you were unvaxxed. Does it help with hospitalizations? At this point, not very much. Just a tiny touch. It does, but not very much. Does it help with deaths? A little bit. A little bit, it absolutely does, but not like what it used to, not whatsoever. So ultimately, how harmful was it? What kind of side effects were we dealing with? Well, it was mixed. I mean, there's a reason that you had to stick around 15 minutes after you took the shot. We obviously didn't know very much about it. We were more worried about people going into anaphylactic shock that may be allergic to something that was in there. Than we were anything else. Which is exactly why. You were asked to stick around. For 15 or 20 minutes after you got the shot. But there's always a risk and reward with vaccines. There just always is. Look personally. And I have zero proof of this whatsoever. But I feel like I got tinnitus afterwards. My ears ring. They never used to before. And this happened very quickly after I got my second shot, which was, you know, within just a few weeks of it. Does it mean that the vaccine gave it to me? No. Is it possible? Yes. But does it happen to everybody? No, absolutely it's not. There are side effects. The same side effects generally come with COVID as well. At just a very much lesser rate. From headaches to COVID-like symptoms to even myocarditis. To death, it happens in vaccines. It just does. It's just a very small, tiny amount, and so you have to you have to balance the risk versus reward. And when this vaccine came out, the risk was next to nothing compared to the reward. And now that the vaccine, at this point, until a new one is made to target this next specific variant, what's the risk and versus reward? The reward is still higher than the risk. There's just not a whole lot of reward. But there's also not anything wrong with taking it at this point. As long as your doctor approves it. I am not your doctor. I am not a medical professional. You've got to talk to your doctors about these things. Not your friends on social media. There's a reason why you're supposed to be trusting your doctor. Look, not every doctor is to be trusted. The one thing that COVID taught me is how shitty a lot of doctors are and how unaware they are and how they rely on a computer to solve most of their problems rather than experience in a lot of cases. Because there are long-term effects. It's unknown. Nobody can tell you the truth of that, can they? But it doesn't look like there are going to be any. doesn't look like there are going to be any at all. doesn't look like this is cancer-creating. It doesn't look like it's creating any kind of Alzheimer's. The vaccine isn't. It doesn't look like it's creating any kind of long-term effects. But if you want to be totally honest, we won't know until a good 20 to 60 years from now. So just hold on and wait for that answer because we don't know. There's nothing you can do about it at this point, so just don't worry about it. I'm, I'm telling you right now the chances are so slim to none That it does, it's a nothing burger. But if anybody tells you yes or no, they don't know. It just hasn't been around long enough. So will more vaccines come out? Yes. There's another one that's targeted to come out very soon, and it's going to probably target this next wave. It's up to you if you want to take it. You and your doctor, you guys figure that out together. Will there ever be a cure? No. Nope. Doubt it. Nope no we're the cure we can fix this we can completely eliminate it but we've chose not to i'll talk about that in a minute but look when did we ever find a cure to anything it's very rare we know how to put shit off you know we know how to make it lesser but a cure no no it's it's likely not going to be there so what else can help talk to your doctor all right there's paxlovid, but you know what? Or sorry, that's incorrect. Paxlovid, but it does have a a problem with it where people do end up getting reinfected very quickly. It doesn't kiss. It's, it's almost like it's the equivalent of not taking all your antibiotics and your infection comes back. Same kind of deal. Now it doesn't happen often, but it did happen to Fauci. It did happen to Biden. So talk to your doctor about it. There's also metformin. Talk to your doctor about that as well. There's been really good research on metformin. And metformin is extremely cheap. And the thing about metformin that I like, is it's a diabetic medicine, is that it kind of shows that the ivermectin thing was bullshit in a lot of situations. Because metformin is so cheap. And that was the biggest complaint about ivermectin from the people who were criticizing that we weren't using it is that it's so cheap this is big pharma this is big pharma in control of this well metformin metformin is super cheap too and it shows a really good outcome of getting over the disease and not contracting long COVID from it there's really good research so far in metformin and doctors are prescribing it you know the thing with ivermectin everything runs down to the economy And ultimately, the government doesn't give a shit if Pfizer wins or loses. The government wants money. That's it. It's all about the economy. And if ivermectin worked, the government would be all over it. Because it's a cheap fix that the government could give everybody and get the economy back on track way faster than trying to get everybody to be convinced about a vaccine. If the government's like, oh, we already have a pill for this. Take this for 10 days. We'll all be good. They would have done it regardless of the cost. Regardless of the cost. Because regardless of the cost, it would have been much better for the economy to do it that way. I'm absolutely convinced that ivermectin does not work. It may help in some certain situations, but it does not look like COVID is one of them by any stretch of the imagination. But when you take 28 different things of alternative medicine, you can't go pinpointing, oh, it's this one that worked or it's this one that didn't work. So there's really not much proof of ivermectin. There are way more studies all around the world that show that it doesn't work compared to the very, very few studies that show it does. But let's get into big pharma. They made $90 billion off of this. 90 billion and they were made basically impenetrable to lawsuits but many vaccines still failed past the mustard like Johnson & Johnson we found issues with Johnson & Johnson they took it off the market very quickly they ended up having a much higher side effect rate they ended up causing some problems and all these vaccines have a higher side effect rate than a lot of the others they really do but they're not horrible. You know, when I get the flu shot, when I used to get the flu shot, I uh, I used to get kind of a, a, a raw throat for a day, maybe feel a little bit down. And the COVID, COVID shows much more, the COVID vaccine shows much, much heavier side effects from the same sort. So you get a heavier headache. You would feel even more drained. The day after getting the vaccine, almost everybody was complaining about some sort of side effect from the vaccine, but they were all expected side effects. They were all very minor side effects, and everybody was basically told about these side effects, and they still took it knowing that getting a headache for a day, feeling kind of drowned out and lousy for a day, is way better than having the exact same thing happen, only tenfold more serious for 5 times as long. The problem was is that they kept promoting and pushing these vaccines after they knew they stopped working. I mean, it's pharma. They're shady as fuck. Let's not pretend they're not. They're shady as fuck. They kill people by not letting them access drugs all the time because the prices are just ultimately ridiculous. Tens of thousands of dollars to get certain drugs to save lives that don't even come close to costing that amount the margins in pharma are not razor thin pharma makes billions just 90 billion alone is what Pfizer brought in from this whole situation I mean they're big pharma they have always been pushing unnecessary meds when not needed I understand why people are skeptical. You have to understand too. It's big pharma. The left has hated big pharma forever until the COVID vaccine came out. You guys know, they're shady, man. You don't want a part of them. So stop defending them, okay? It doesn't mean the vaccine doesn't work. Just stop defending them. So did anybody do this damn thing right at all? depends on how you look at it. I mean, China shut shit down. And it worked out really, really well. till they got sick of it and decided to open them back up again. Now look, I'm not talking about the individual anecdotes about what happened in China. Because some people got their doors (laughs) locked in on them in their apartment buildings. They couldn't get out of their apartment complexes. Some people got in fights with the authorities. Some people were starving. Some people lacked other foods and waters and medicines because they could never leave. I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying it worked from preventing COVID from happening in that country once they got it under control. And they got it under control rather quickly. New Zealand did the same thing. They shut shit down before it got out of control. They did just fine. They gave people a whole lot more freedom. And they stayed COVID-free for well over a year. While everybody else was locked down around the nation, New Zealand was out there watching football games happen, watching rugby games happen, playing at the park, eating with their friends at the restaurants. And Israel had amazing vaccine and tracking research. Amazing. Israel was really on the forefront of a lot of things during the front of this pandemic. There was a lot of information coming out of Israel that was very very helpful to the rest of the world. And Africa, Africa did good. I mean, look, the reason Africa did good is because their median age is 19. They're a young nation. They're a young nation. Everybody's going to have to look out for in the future. They're getting smarter. They're getting more developed. They're becoming technological. And they're, look, they were some of the best at spotting all the variants out there. Africa really deserves a hand from the rest of the world. Africa worked well on this. They showed that even in their densest places, I believe Nigeria is one of the most dense places out there, that they still did well number-wise. But a lot of that was credited to next to no testing and an extremely young nation. But as far as spotting variants go, we owe Africa a lot. U.S. didn't hands down the worst. Canada did horrible, too. Mexico and Brazil, horrible. But both U.S. administrations that were involved in this, the Trump administration, the Biden administration, should be thoroughly embarrassed, not only of how they handled this, but how they're currently handling this. It's It's absolutely disgusting how the Biden administration has handled this entire pandemic, more so than Trump. Trump didn't have much time to deal with it. I get that. But Biden administration is, oh, um, it's just disgusting what they've done. Congress should be embarrassed. Citizens should be embarrassed. We totally failed. Holy shit! I had no idea that if we left people in their apartments for two straight months, they would kill themselves. They would overdose on drugs. They would get out of control when when they came back outside again. It was it was me. Like we we were such failures all the way around when it came to COVID. The right, the left, everybody—it just—it was one big failing situation, and it really, really showed you where humanity lies, how humanity has failed in so many ways, and how we're nowhere close, nowhere close to figuring this shit out when it's, when it's so easy. This whole COVID situation is so easy to fix, and nobody wants to do it because. Nobody wants to get on the same page for an extended period of time. Nobody wants to shut down international travel. Nobody wants to do anything to actually stop this from happening in the grand scheme of things. And then the media, especially the leftist mainstream media, never once questioned the government about this once Trump got out of the way. And the right-wing media consistently criticized the government while still doing everything that the government recommended they do. Like take the vaccines while telling you not to take the vaccines. This is incredible. Both sides of the media completely failed humanity. Completely failed humanity. Anybody in media that was dealing with COVID should be absolutely embarrassed by themselves. They should quit. They should quit. Quit in embarrassment. It is. It was absolutely... All the lies and inf- misinformation from ivermectin and all the health bros telling you to take vitamin C and vitamin D. Look, vitamin C, particularly vitamin D, is very good for you. It gives you things that the sun gives you, right? But it's not the solution to all your problems. If vitamins really worked all that great, then then people would be pushing vitamins. There are too many studies showing that most vitamins just go in and out of you with nothing that you gain, particularly vitamin C. I mean, I like vitamin D. Vitamin C I've never found benefit in. Go ahead and take them if you want to. Make sure you read the warning labels on the bottle and you you use them as you're prescribed to use them. But they're not the solution to any of the problems. Yeah, the government's lying to us. Social media brought out the worst in everybody. It showed us that many doctors aren't to be trusted. We got so much misinformation from podcasts and TV and radio. Everybody became an an authority on, on COVID. Absolutely ridiculous. And the hypocrisy of the government. Not masking while we must. Having parties at places we can't go to. Because they're shut down in public, cheering on protesters, and completely ignoring COVID. The hypocrisy was just too evident. It was a real do as we say, not as we do situation. And 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 it happened mostly on the left, which was the worst. These are the people pushing this whole mask mandate. And yet we're finding... Obama was unmasked at his party and a bunch of people got sick. We're seeing Gavin Newsom at at Stag's Leap wine cellars doing a party unmasked. We're seeing all this bullshit. All from the left. Maxine Waters unmasked. All of them getting caught unmasked at one point or another. And it wasn't just a little oops slip. Like they just came out unmasked. We saw Fauci at a game unmasked. Are you kidding me? the leader of the Mass Brigade, breaking his own rules. It was just too much to take at that point. It was just too much to take. The left was letting people go to concerts that they were vaccinated at the point where the vax wasn't even effective in stopping transmission whatsoever. Whatsoever. They were flat out lying to us about transmission. And they kept going with the vaccine as effective rate as it kept lowering. It was just it was it was astonishing how stupid they thought so many of us were. When we knew that this vaccine, and I'll still hold that the vaccine does have more benefit than it does risk, even though it has next to no benefit at this point. But this whole thing was stupid because they kept lying to us, telling us that it was working just fine as we were watching the numbers change in real time. They didn't even tell us the types of mass that would work. Hell, the who didn't even acknowledge that this thing was airborne until just a few months ago. This is, we give these people billions of dollars a year to not be on top of shit. They spend trillions of dollars a year to not be on top of shit. Everywhere you look, completely failed in the COVID, in the COVID race. And then we deal with all the anti vaxxers. And I don't want to give them t- much time, but like Dr. Malone, who claimed one in 2,000 children will be hospitalized from the vaccine. In truth, about one in 270,000 males and about one in 1 million females were hospitalized after the vaccine. Or we have RFK Jr., who doesn't believe vaccines decrease death, even though there are thousands of studies showing the opposite, or believes the highest vax countries had the most excess deaths, or is exactly the opposite of that? Or how about Dr. McCullough, who blamed the death of Olympian on a vaccine when in reality it was complications of childbirth? These people are not to be listened to or trusted. And they're all helped tremendously through all the podcasts they go through. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Oh, good Lord. The government's after control. Mm, yeah, but they don't want a bunch of sick workers, dude. So, this is not how they're going to get control of you. It was a bioweapon. Well, we already talked about that. Go see anthrax if, you, if you're looking for a bioweapon that actually helps them more than it hurts them. It's no worse than a flu. No, COVID kills at a much higher rate than the flu, COVID disables at a much higher rate than the flu, COVID sticks in your body and gives you long COVID. Where the flu does not do that and at even close to that rate. It's done to implement a social credit score. And create a new world order. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up at this point. So tired of most of these conspiracy theorists. But I have a couple conspiracy theories. And I'm not saying they're true. I actually have questions about them. So I tell you what. If anybody actually listens to this podcast. And you have an answer to one of these two things. Please, I want to know. And I will amend this podcast. I will re-edit it to where it gives the truth. I'll even give you credit for it if you're right. But look, here's 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 my conspiracy theory about asymptomatic COVID. How is it that asymptomatic COVID is even a thing? I believe it could be a combination of pre-symptomatic COVID where you take a test, it shows up positive, And you just simply haven't shown the symptoms yet. And then I also think that there's a combination of bad tests that give false positives. I think that has to be the case in situations. But my question about asymptomatic COVID is really this. How can something ravage through your body, a perfect incubator for it, multiply and incubate without your body knowing and you not dying because the symptoms that you exhibit when you're sick are from your body reacting to kill the cold and if your body is not raising its body temperature and not doing any of these other things then I have to assume that it's not recognizing the virus and if it's not recognizing the virus the virus has free will to do whatever it wants to do before it dies out and replicates to somebody else so why isn't the virus attacking you like you are immune deficient if your body isn't handling it or even noticing it at that point? Does that make sense? Like, like how is asymptomatic COVID not killing people because isn't it just their body not reacting to, to a th- what should be a threat? I don't know too much about asymptomatic COVID. It was hard to find truth inside of it. I've seen numbers well well asymptomatic cases are are up to 15% of of the population. And I've seen asymptomatic cases are 40% of the population. There's no number that I can give you about asymptomatic that I feel is truthful because they're so varied. It just it just it just blows my mind. So what else? I think my other conspiracy is that COVID seems to be making people more primal. And maybe it's a mix of things. Maybe it's all the Democrats and Republicans dealing with all all their bullshit and, and the American public is feeling it. They're feeling the inflation. They're feeling this. They're feeling that. And they're getting less patient. They're getting more confrontational. They're becoming more violent. I have a conspiracy that COVID is making people more primal. Making people forget more making people a little bit dumber, and making people a little bit more primal. Okay, that's it for conspiracy theories. The loss. There's, the loss was unimaginable. Families lost. So many people. Money was lost. The economy was lost. Relationships, whether personal or international, were lost. Children's education was lost. Drug usage went out the, uh, up the, uh, through the roof. Suicide went through the roof. It was it was absolutely one of the most depressing three or four years that I've seen. And COVID hasn't stopped, but so many more people are back to normal now that you don't see these things anymore. Even though drug usage is still going up, I have to imagine suicide's still going up. We know gun deaths are still going up. So was there ever really a free solution or a real solution? Yeah, but your freedom got in the way. You chose freedom instead of of no more viruses, which is really what you did because this would have gotten rid of all viruses. It would have gotten rid of all the flu viruses. It would have gotten rid of probably all the RSV and cold viruses. All we had to do was basically shut everything down. Three months at the max, This shit would have been done. Shut down international travel. Shut down interstate travel. Which I know, a lot of these things are against, what I'm going to say are against the Constitution. I completely understand that. But you're asking how we could fix it, and I'm telling you right now. You shut down international travel. You put guards and drones at the border. You make sure nobody fucking comes through. Then you shut down interstate travel. And we let every state fight it out. Florida is on its own. New Hampshire is on its own. California is on its own. And you know what? When New Hampshire is, is rid of COVID completely, when they have finally burnt it out and such a small amount of people have gotten it, so the chances of it mutating to another source are very slim, then New Hampshire is free to play. And that would only take a few months. And states would start falling like that. I know it sounds ridiculous because it's totally against what most of you believe. But China did it exactly the right way. The only thing that China didn't do right is make sure that their people were fucking fed when they were locking them and welding them in their apartments. That's it. You need to make sure they're fed and you need to make sure they get medical attention when they need it. And they burned that shit out. We could have done the same. Canada could have, every country could have done it the same way. We could have rid the world of all viruses that spread person to person if we just shut shit down and really locked down for just a few months. That's all it would have taken. It would have saved the country. It will end up saving the country hundreds of trillions of dollars in the long run with medical expenses and losses to the economy. But that's not even an option. It's not a realistic option. You can't stop interstate travel. You can't stop airplanes from flying. It's just not going to happen. Too many people are just too, too whiny about that kind of shit. Nobody's ever willing to take a hit for the team. Nobody. Everybody wants to be the diva wide receiver. Nobody's willing to be the offensive lineman. And that's what we needed was a bunch of offensive linemen during the COVID beginning. And just saying, look, if we just all shut shit down, we stop traveling and visiting each other, and we just let it burn out for a couple of months. We can get back to life. And we'll never have to deal with this shit again. And on a plus side, we won't have to deal with the flu again. But no, no, no. Our freedom was too important for even just a few months. And I don't want to hear that, well, we did lock down. No, you didn't. You still went out swimming. You still saw your friends. You still went to the park. You still did everything you needed to do. You still went to your work. You still did all of those things. I saw it. The roads were not empty where I was living. People were still moving around during the beginning of the pandemic. As scared as people were, they were even more scared to be alone. And that's what happened. That's why we'll never be able to fix it. There won't be a cure. It's not going to burn out. It's just going to go wave to wave to wave to wave. The only thing we can hope is that it's seasonal, which doesn't look like it's going to be the case. So what do we know about the effects of COVID and long COVID? Well, damage is all it can damage all of your organs. It goes right after them. We found massive clotting and stroke risks. Depression and anxiety have been linked to long COVID, breathing problems and respiratory distress, it's just simply not a cold. Most damage is found in your heart, your lungs, and your brain. Well then what can we do now? If we're not going to shut it down, and I'm not even a fan of shutting it down, I don't want to shut it down. I'm just telling you that's the only way that it actually works. Like, that's it. That's the only way that we've seen that it actually has worked. But we're not going to do that. I know we're not going to do that. So I'm not I'm not pushing for it. I'm just answering a question. Calm down. Like, you got to keep your clean air under 600 parts per million of CO2. That's really what it is. Go get yourself a CO2 monitor. If you can keep whatever air you're working with under 600 p- parts per million, then then you're likely good to go. That drops the risk of COVID to under one RO. Good masks that are properly worn. Wash your hands. Stop touching your face. Don't let your kids touch your face. Get off my face, son. All right. That's about it. You want some stats? I'll give you some stats. Look, fatal car accidents have increased since COVID by nearly 22% from 2019 to 2022, according to NBC. CDC has seen abnormal surge in brain abscesses on children, which happens generally after respiratory viruses, in both the vaxxed and the non-vaxxed. It's estimated that 3 million lives were saved in the EU because of the lockdowns. 27% long COVID rate in health workers. 31% increase in memory loss and concentration in the Netherlands since COVID came out. A study of 850,000 U.S. households shows that kids under 8 were the biggest spreaders of COVID in family settings by an impressive rate of over 70%. A study of nearly 100,000 blood donations shows about 30% of the U.S. still has not contracted COVID. So anybody who says, well, why don't you just give up? We all, the rest of us did. There's still 30% of you out there who have not contracted COVID. Good for you. Good for you for taking the precautions. And maybe you just got lucky. But for the most part, that's, that's an effort. That's an effort trying not to get this and not to spread it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you for doing that. Now look, like I said, the study of nearly 100 blood donations shows about 30% still hasn't contracted COVID. 3.6% were not vaxxed or infected. 26% were vaxxed, but they had no natural immunity, which comes out to like, you know, 29.6%. So we call it 30% people in the U.S. likely have not been contracted by COVID. But that number is much smaller, much, much smaller in the non-vaxxed than it is the vaxxed. There have been four COVID vaccine-caused myocarditis deaths reported worldwide so far. Four. We're not going into the various system because that's a self-report system. It's horseshit there's no possible stats you can get from it that would be legitimate in any reasonable person's eyes. Under one per every 100,000 people were diagnosed with a vaccine-related myocarditis, which is seven times less likely than getting it from COVID itself. So you're seven times more likely to get myocarditis from COVID than you are from the vaccine. We found that COVID seems to be increasing the chance of Alzheimer's disease by roughly 60%, but it's still very early to take that number seriously yet. We're seeing a decrease in brain size, tissue damage, and gray matter. You're all getting dumber every time you get COVID, and it shows. 7 in 10 people show memory loss after COVID, which is likely why the unvaccinated still think they're correct about Everything. Because they just fucking forgot they were wrong. They were never always right. Some things fell into their lap, like the vaccine losing effectiveness. Some things were very nitpicky, like masks don't work, when the truth is, only a couple different masks that we were told to use don't work. The rest of them work just fine. It's the people who are fucking up. In October of 2021 unvaccinated people were dying at 34 for every 100,000 people while vaccinated people were dying at 4 for every 100,000 people okay so the vax did in fact help quite a bit and the next one they produce will likely help in that same way and today it's much different today it's 6 tenths of a percent to just under 2 tenths of a percent vaccine related death is about at one-thousandth of a percent. Vaccine-related death happens at one-thousandth of a percent, or more. Vaccinated people dying now? Yes, they are. They are. That's just how that works. Once the vax becomes ineffective, or close to ineffective, then the vax are basically at the same at the same level as the unvaxxed are. And so since there were more people vaxxed than unvaxxed, then there are going to be more vaccinated people at this point. They're likely dying than unvaccinated people because many of the unvaccinated people got taken very early in this game. Look, ultimately, some people continue to mask and protect themselves and they're still chastised for it. And I personally just want to tell you, I'm with you. I stand by you. Good for you. Good for you to making a choice to try to protect yourself and your family. Even if some people are doing it wrong, they're still consciously trying to do the right things. And those are the people that in this country we truly have to appreciate. And I appreciate you for dealing with the shit that you have to deal with, for trying to be safe. Nobody should ever criticize you if you want to wear a mask in public. That's fine. I get it. Please, wear the right ones. But stay strong. Keep doing what you think is right because you're not hurting anybody. And that's the biggest thing I take away from this is that they're not hurting anybody. They're not trying to hurt anybody. It's quite the opposite. They're trying to protect themselves. So in public, although I don't do it very often at all, I will stand beside a masked person and help them and protect them, and defend them anytime that they get harassed, because they're trying to do the right thing. Maybe they're doing it in the wrong way. Maybe they're not, but their heart is in the right place, and those are the kind of people we need to get through these situations. Anyway, that's all I have for COVID. I think I'm done. I'm tired. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I wish it would go away. Just like all the people who are spreading all the lies and misinformation about it. Whether it's the vaccination, whether it's the media, whether it's about masks, whether it's a podcast, I don't give a shit. It's just so tiresome. It's just so tiresome. Let's be reasonable and logical here and just say, you know what? This is not something that we want to get. Do we have to end the world to avoid it? No, we don't. But do we have to mock other people? you have to be mean to other people because of their beliefs It, it does no good you're not going to attract any flies with vinegar it does no good just try to be a little bit understanding try to understand that there are vulnerable people in this world and that many of us just said fuck the old people which is the worst thing that you could have possibly done it shows absolutely a loss of humanity somewhere in you and those are the people that most don't want to be around. You're the people that make this place worse by saying, fuck it, they're old. Those people lived 80, 90 years. They've seen shit you may never see in your life. Their stories were still there to be heard. They worked so hard and now they finally get the freedom of relaxation from the slavery that they've been put through all their lives. And we're just like, fuck them, let them die. Now... Now, if you're still wearing a mask today, if you're still trying to protect yourself, if you're still trying to protect your family, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. From the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my family's heart, thank you for trying. That's all I can ask from you. Thank you for trying. All right, I'm done. I'm Ryan Brady. Thanks for joining me.